Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. Jordan is on best. Harper's on Miller. They play together, they believe. Um, if there's Levert, it's cold. Levert, back in. Speed. Welcome to another edition of the Indie Cornrows Podcast. This is your host, Mark Schindler. As always, before we get started today, if you haven't already, please be sure to rate and review us over on Apple Podcasts. We always want to hear from you and get your feedback, and that always helps us out as well. Um, I'm joined today by Rhett Bauer, friend of mine, and of course, friend of the pod from over 8.9 seconds. Rhett, how are you doing today, man? Uh, I'm good now that the game is over because <laughs> yes. that was a that was a pain to watch. Uh, no, but I'm I'm doing well. Mark, how are you? I'm good. It's uh took my dog on a nice walk this morning. Uh, went on a hike and it's been uh it's been solid. You know, uh, other there than again, like you mentioned, uh, weird game. It's gonna be nice to not have the random afternoon games anymore. Having uh two afternoon games in in three days is just like it's kind of vexing. I'm not used to it. I'm used to having a lot more time to get ready for things and uh do stuff during the day but you know what it, it actually got like how do you feel about how do you feel about afternoon starts i mean for me in colorado i was two hours behind so it started at 11 a.m oh, so like yeah, i'm that for you. no i'm i'm good with that uh it makes it a little bit harder because you know kids are awake then but i imagine for the players it's a little bit just rough because you don't get that full pre-game build up uh, but maybe some people like it i don't know yeah, I don't really – like, I don't know. Not to, not to sound, like, blunt. I don't really care about pregame buildup. It's just, like um, – I, I don't know. It's just, like, having to get stuff taken care of beforehand and being, like you're mentioning, like, kind of, like, the right mindset to watch something and analyze it. I don't know. It changes things. Um, so, obviously, Pacers lose this one 129-117 to 117 against the Atlanta Hawks in Atlanta. Uh, we'll be back home tomorrow to play the San Antonio Spurs. They had an opportunity to jump up to the eighth seed if uh, – I mean, Charlotte plays today, I believe. Yeah. Uh, against the Portland Trailblazers. So they had an opportunity to potentially uh, either tie up for eighth or, or jump over. Um, and again, the, as has been kind of the story this whole season, uh, the team starts to get a little bit of momentum and it just comes crashing down with a, with a, with a rough performance. I, I don't even really know if there was one thing specifically that went wrong. It just seemed like everything was going wrong. We weren't hitting threes. We couldn't defend a lob to save our life, which is a tough play to defend, but it's, they got, I think seven, I think I counted seven at least. Uh, And then Trey young was just the best player on the floor. So, I mean, you can't, you can't really win when, uh, when none of that stuff is going your way. Yeah. And especially too, with the lob, I mean, that, that brings up a lot of stuff. Um, the, the help defense was so bad. I think the one person who consistently made backline rotations that shouldn't have to be making backline rotations was TJ McConnell. Um, I mean, if TJ McConnell is getting in the way of Clint Capella, that's really not doing much for him or for, for Clint Capella uh, and the defense overall. Um, 
and that just was the story of it. Like, it's tough. Like, like you're mentioning, I mean, even miles was rough tonight. Uh, and not yeah. like he was horrible, but just for him, he had a, he had a poor defensive showing, but a lot of that was him being put in, in poor positions and um, no help defense. I mean, that just was killer for him overall. I mean, um, he had a couple of nice plays in the drive game. He actually had some really nice passes. Uh, unfortunately just could not hit his threes, which is going to happen after, after you miss like two weeks of basketball. But mm-hmm. um I don't know. I mean, that leads to the biggest thing too. Turbonus together was a minus thirty tonight, which is uh, that's not good. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think I think it was Derek from my Pacers blog talking about it, but they were like minus twenty in the first quarter, and then an additional minus ten to close out the fourth. Like that's just that's atrocious. And I know the whole argument is play. They're two of your best players. You have to find a way to keep them on the floor. But at a certain point, like. I feel like you have to take them off the floor. I mean, what do you think? Uh, man, I don't, I don't know, man. It, it, that, that, that whole, it's so hard to parse through it because the first mm-hmm. quarter was just such a mess. Yeah. Um, like you mentioned, everything was going wrong, but a lot of it was just, they weren't hitting shots to save their lives. Um, they didn't really come out with a lot of intensity. It felt like, um, but it also, I mean, and I don't like just chalking it up to intensity. It's hard to see that stuff for every guy. I don't, I don't, I'm mm-hmm. not saying that they didn't work hard, but just um, they did not come out looking like a team that, that needed to win this game to move into the playoff picture. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, defensively too, it was just rough because I mean, they, they hit everything. The, yep. the Hawks shot, it felt like they shot like 65 or 70% in the first quarter. And I'm going to mm-hmm. check the numbers on that. Cause it, feel, it was probably close to it, but yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. What, what would you say to that? I mean, the first quarter, like, I think you're probably about right. I only shot 57%. So. Okay, so just Not short, quite. But it really felt like they were hitting everything. And on the other side of things, the Pacers were hitting nothing. Um, and, I mean, you just – again, it's. I think it's the same thing as what – I don't know if it was the Jazz game we talked about or uh, the one before that, but – if you look at the box score, there's not that much that tells you the Pacers got blown out. Like they were minus 10 in rebounds and minus 10% on threes. And they only missed, it was a three, three point made difference, but it just did not feel close. Like the entire game, I didn't think until uh, they did tie it up a couple times. And even then I wasn't feeling like we should have been tied. It felt like the Hawks had this handily pretty much the entire, uh, not night day. I almost slipped up. <laughs> Sound like but, me over yeah. there. Um, yeah, I know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I wouldn't say that it never felt close. Like, I felt like in the third quarter, um, it definitely felt like there were opportunities in the third quarter. They obviously took the lead a few times. The bench yeah. unit played really well uh, for stretches. Um, one, I mean, okay, so a couple of quick things off that. Number one, I, I really hope Jeremy Lamb is okay because he mm-hmm. kept uh, he, he bumped into someone. Uh, I want to say it was on defense. He, he got bumped into in his knee that he had. And then he did it again. Season. Yeah, and he kept uh, he kept yeah. um, he kept he kept bending down to to, to rub it, and it seemed yep. like it was giving giving him some discomfort. So I, I am not one hundred percent sure that he'll play tomorrow. I don't know, you know. I mean, he he obviously felt comfortable going tonight. I'm sure that the training staff asked him about it, but mm-hmm. um, that, I, I don't know. I hope that he's okay. Um, also, uh, I mean, Ed and TJ McConnell were fantastic tonight. That that yep. is the I mean the one thing you do have to bring up. They both played incredibly well. Uh, the transition game was fantastic off the bench, and it felt like that was the only time where they really were able to get anything going against the Hawks. Mm-hmm. Like the Hawks half-court defense played pretty well, and a lot of that was Clint Capella just 
uh, swallowing up a lot of stuff. And also they weren't getting completely killed at the point of attack. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's pretty much been the same story for a while now is like Sumner in transition is their best source of offense for, for a good portion of these games. And that's just not how you're going to win. McConnell had his mid range McConnell shot going as well, but yeah, I I was really impressed because when you think about uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich and Kevin Herter and, uh, and Solomon Hill and guys like that, you're not like immediately thinking that they're good defenders. And yet Clint Capella does so much down low uh, similar to what miles does for us just didn't, necessarily translate to a good defense tonight but yeah they they just played really well on both sides of the ball and it helps when you're when you start off that hot and you just continue hitting shots and then you have four starters scoring 20 points or more so that uh that's a pretty good recipe for success yeah and unfortunately too miles lost his uh his block streak he Um, did did not get a block tonight um which stinks for him you know i wish that he got it but uh what, how did you feel about O'Shea Brissett not playing at all and Goga not playing at all, too? Every time I brought up Jeremy Lamb at the four against John Collins at the four, I was pretty much subtweeting that O'Shea Brissett should be in. And I should <laughs> yeah. have just like straight up come out and said it because especially when, like you noted, Lamb was showing some discomfort. Like, I don't know if it was real or if it was just like a mental thing for him where I don't, I don't know what it was, but this was a great opportunity for Brissett to get in there and give us an actual forward because Atlanta is one of the few teams in the league that runs a double big Uh, Collins is more of a tweener. He's not necessarily a center until the last like five minutes of this game, but I I was really hoping we would get him in, especially with how well he's been playing lately and, and not only getting good minutes or like decent minutes, but doing good things with them. Um, I was pretty disappointed about that. And then Goga as well, not getting minutes uh, was another disappointment. Yeah. I think my thought tonight was, oh, God damn it, not again. Uh, my <laughs> thought today was, yeah, yeah. You were waiting for that. Uh, my thought today was that this was a perfect O'Shea game. I would have understood Goga not playing much uh, just given, I mean, a Kung Wu is definitely a little bit smaller, more mobile. Yeah. Um, John Collins, when they played him at the five, that was mm-hmm. a really tough stretch for the Pacers. I don't have the, mm-hmm. like the numbers in front of me, but just okay. from watching did not go well. Um, and especially with miles just coming back too, it's felt like, okay, well, you're going to always have either miles or Domas on the court and uh, just try and get O'Shea out there. I didn't think Jeremy was like that. I mean, I thought Jeremy was like a neutral night. He actually had some solid plays on defense. Um, was not great there, but you know, he, he never is, but I thought he did a lot in terms of half court creation that even if it maybe wasn't for him, uh, I mean, he did finish with four assists tonight, didn't really turn the ball over. Uh, so I thought he was doing good things. I really thought it's tough because Aaron actually was pretty good defensively tonight, but he just had very little to give offensively. Um, and I think Uh, that 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 was a little bit tough. Um, and even then, I mean, TJ had a good game, but he played 36 minutes. mm -hmm. Ed played 27, which I think you could justify playing Ed more, but like, I don't know. There just has to be somewhere in there where you find a little bit of a stretch to give O'Shea some minutes because, with what he was showing, like against the Jazz, he was able to extend defensive possessions just by being able to close out, like mm-hmm. um, multiple times. And I, I think there were quite a few times to, uh, today where you could point that out, and uh, it was noticeable. This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight, we'll break down. 
We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snackin'. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hidden. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. So they only played Collins at the five for two minutes in the fourth quarter, and it was an even through the, the entire time. So that wasn't nearly as bad as what I was expecting it to be. Um, but... I mean, if you had told me that Lavert was only going to play 24 minutes and you noted it, that he was out for like a 15 minute game, 15 game minute stretch and that O'Shea still wouldn't play. That's just, I, I mean, maybe they don't want O'Shea Brissett to be part of their future. Maybe they don't want to sign him for the rest of the year. Like some people have been talking about, maybe they like anything like that. And so they just didn't make his minutes a priority, but I just think that's silly. I mean, I don't know if I go quite that far, but it felt, um, Regardless, it was I'm just saying like maybe they have some justification in their own thought process where they're like, okay, well, let's, you know, we want to get into this eight seed and we don't want to play per set. I don't know. I'm I'm just trying to think of something. No, there's no excuse to me, but Mm -hmm. just, yeah. Yeah. And I think I want to point out too. um, I had a lot of people bringing up today, uh, just on my timeline and and, my mentions saying, you know, why is the is Domas really that good of a rebounder? And I just, I don't think it was Stop that. It. And the same thing with Miles. I actually thought they, I mean, they both did their best given the way that Atlanta crashed the boards. Um, I mean, there was the one possession, and I think it was in the third quarter, where mm-hmm. they gave up three offensive rebounds in a possession. And yeah, luckily, and I mean, yep. Atlanta missed it. Yeah. Um, Atlanta missed their shots, but at the same time, like you're just, it, it's the fact that you keep giving a team more possessions. A, it's making it tougher on your guys energy-wise and, um to, to actually make things happen but then that you know it's it's not great um especially with the defense that they play if they're closing out on a jump shooter on the perimeter they're way out of position for the most part yeah. and so if they get the offensive board it's essentially four on five the rest of the way and so then you just cascade that down to two and three offensive boards and and it just gets ugly quick yeah most definitely um so what did you think about Harris only playing uh, he, he, I mean, he played quite a bit in the first half, but then mm-hmm. after his first in the third, he just really didn't play until the, the, the closing a uh, few minutes. Yeah, I, I'm hoping we hear something about that after the post game and somebody puts it out into the Twitter sphere because that was odd. I, I was like subconsciously thinking about it because it's like, oh, that's weird. They came out with McConnell, Aaron Sumner, Lamb, and Domas again because normally that would be an opportunity to have one of Brogdon or uh, Lavert out there to just have a little bit more shot creation, and, and it didn't really stand out to me. Nothing – I went back a little bit and looked, and the last couple possessions of Lavert's uh, third quarter stretch, it didn't look like anything happened necessarily. Um like injury related or anything like that. But 
I didn't think Lavert was playing bad to the point where you pinch him for Lamb or Sumner. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping we get more clarity on that post game. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, he, he didn't exactly have it going offensively the way that he has the last couple of games. But uh, I actually thought defensively he did some nice stuff tonight. But uh, God, not again. Um, no, <laughs> That's point, three. Yeah, over. Point being, it was just it was a weird game overall. And yeah, I think a lot of it was. Um, I mean, the team just did not make shots tonight. Is an easy way mm-hmm. to chalk it up. But if they shoot thirty one percent from three, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a it's a rough recipe for them. Um, luckily, I mean, Malcolm had a fantastic game tonight, though. Yes, I actually did. felt I don't want to say like saying I felt bad for Malcolm sounds weird, but like I thought Malcolm played about as good of defense as he ever has on a on a player mm-hmm. smaller than him because he guarded Trey Young for a lot of the night. Um, and I thought he did it pretty well, but it was absolutely backbreaking when uh, Trey Young, uh, Malcolm stops him like twice on a pick mm-hmm. and roll. And then Trey picks up his dribble, passes out to, uh, I think it was Collins. John Collins. Yeah. And yep. then he does the relocation for a three. And there mm-hmm. was just like nothing Malcolm could do about it. Like Trey yep. relocating off of a, like a pickup or a, a pass mm-hmm. out. He's probably just as good at it as anybody other than maybe Steph. So mm-hmm. it's a, uh, that was killer. Um, but overall, I mean, I really did think Malcolm played pretty well. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I don't know. It's I, I'm not really sure what to take from this game other than the, the team is still uh, in, in a really awkward spot between being in and out of the playoffs. I think that that's the spot they're going to be in yeah, for the not rest gonna. of the season, you know, because yeah. if you look at it, they're I think they're three games ahead of the Bulls and three games behind Charlotte. And obviously you said that they play Charlotte later or charlotte plays later tonight and they i think they play charlotte one one more time the rest of the year but anyways the teams below the pacers are like almost certainly not going to catch up and the teams above the pacers are almost certainly not going to fall back so it's going to it's going to be the pacers themselves that's going to have to win out uh a decent amount i think it was like somebody they'd have to go 14 and 4 projected to get into the 4-5 matchup and uh that's just not going to happen um, so I think this is just the spot they're going to be. It's just whether they're going to be, uh, I guess they could get to eighth. So eighth or ninth. And I'd rather they be ninth. Cause then you actually get into the lottery. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I would 100% agree with that. Um, but I mean, it's the same stuff that we've kind of been beating the drum on recently. You know, what yeah. are, I, I don't think that they're going to make that. It, it seems unlikely unless some kind of act of God happens. Um, you know, they really don't seem in, in, interested in making that happen. And I get it to an extent. It's a, again, it's a very thin line, a difficult line across a lot of shades of gray. It's not just black and white. Um, but I don't know. I, I'm not sure what else to add or take away. I guess one last thing I would ask you, I mean, overall, just how do you feel about the season? How do you feel about them and the way that they're playing right now? Because I do think in, in some regards, it's been, uh, it's been a little bit, um, it's made, made out to be a lot worse than it is, I think. And I'm not trying to go to bat for the organization um, or to say that the team is playing well by any stretch. But I, I also think the team really just is not playing as badly as I think people are necessarily making it out. You know, they, they aren't playing well, but um, they're not bad. Like, I, I know that's such a reductive, like no. analytical way of looking at it. But if you just scrub away the first quarter, I actually think that they, they end up winning this game. I mean, it's like it was even it was it was break even just about even after the first like that's about right. They they tend. That's how it tends to go. And I I tweeted Mm -hmm. at the beginning at the beginning of the game. I was like, all right, well, they're getting the third quarter out of the way early. And Mm -hmm. 
you know, that's just the case. Lately, it's actually been the fourth quarter where they've been bad instead of the third quarter. But, I mean, they just can, they're not capable of playing four full quarters of basketball right now. No, they're not. And I think it, it was really funny to me when Quinn, I think it was in the third quarter at some point, he was talking about the lineup that was in. He's like, you know, it's just hard to find a combination of guys who can – you're pretty much deciding between whether you want a good offense or a good defense. And that just cracked me up because that just means your team's not that good or it's just not that well-constructed because if you have to pick between the two, that's just not, that's not a good recipe. Um, and that's something that I, we've talked about quite a bit, especially with where we're at in, in playing the defense that we want to play. And then just everything along those lines, it's just, I don't think the team is bad. I just think it's a really weird season with a lot of injuries for every team, but the Pacers have missed a starter for the entire year. And then for 30, almost 30 games. So it's, it's, it's just a tough season. And I don't know how much there is to take away from it other than like the little stuff, like seeing Goga develop into a good player uh, and a rotation level player, seeing Ed step up like he has been, um, TJ McConnell being so much better. So it's like, it's the little things like that, that, that I've kind of been looking for lately because I think we kind of know that Turbonus isn't coming back next year. And so looking for the team to be successful this year is just, I don't think that's a great way of looking at the season. And I think we've talked about it since the start of the season, when we had the Pacers at like seventh or eighth, it's just expectations were a little bit unnecessarily high for the team. And I think that now they're kind of swinging too far the other direction where this team is considered garbage when I don't think that's the case at all. Yeah, no, I agree, man. Um, and I would agree too. Like I think Turbonus is, I mean, this is the game that I don't think it puts the fork in it or whatever you want to say. I mean, if they yeah. needed um, this many games in to know that it's not working, I'm right. not sure what to think about that. Yeah. Um, that's what somebody said. He's like, are they playing turbo? Is Nate playing Turbonus to prove to the front office that it doesn't work? I was like, there's been 50 plus games of it not working, really. Like, it, it's worked occasionally, but for the overarching theme of the season, it's that playing two centers doesn't really work. So I don't like he wasn't trying to stick it to the front office tonight by playing only Turner and Sabonis and not playing Goga. That's just silly. Yeah, no, I'd agree. I, I don't know. I, I'm not really sure what else more I can add. Um, outside of this i mean we'll have a lot more to cover this week as there's another whole slate of games as i mentioned spurs uh tomorrow is tomorrow monday it is yep, sunday sure right is. yeah so yep. tomorrow um i'm i can't see my calendar from this far away i thought i could so you'll you, you'll know the games are coming as they come uh Rhett, do you have anything <laughs> you want to plug or anything you want to share before we get out of here uh yeah i'm working on something uh for 8.9 seconds right now i tweeted out about it a little bit but uh digging into some numbers on why the pacers have been terrible at home <laughs> and and pretty decent on the road and it, it's not that surprising or groundbreaking weird. it is it is weird. it is but not really when you look at where the pacers are in the standings and who they've actually been playing both home and away yeah. so uh, that should be coming out in the next couple of days. Cool. Awesome. I'll be looking forward to that. Be sure to plug it when it, uh, when it does drop. Mm-hmm. Rhett, as always, man, good time talking to everyone listening. Of course, follow Rhett if you don't already. Again, go rate, review, share the pod if you have not already as well. I always want to hear from you. And be sure to send me any questions, comments, anything on Twitter over at MShindlerNBA or down below in the comments on IC. Have a good rest of your day. Thank you for listening.